Welcome to Out of Home Insider, the loudest voice in out of home. Today's guest is Evan Brandoff. Evan is the founder of LeagueSide, the platform that connects brands with youth sports sponsorship opportunities across the country, making sponsoring youth athletics just as scalable as sponsoring the pros. Evan is the host of the Win Grin podcast, available wherever you're listening to this, where he's hosted some of the greatest minds in marketing, sharing their best tips and insights. So definitely go check that that out after this. Uh, we'll link to it in the show notes below. In this episode, we talk about everything from the challenges of getting started, the highs of getting traction, and we even get a bit tactical along the way. As always, thank you to OneScreen.ai for sponsoring the show and making this conversation possible because that's the mission at OneScreen, to democratize out of home once and for all. Head over to OneScreen.ai and check out the learning library and blog for tons of great content designed just for you. Without further ado, let's go. Welcome, everybody, to the Out of Home Insider Show, a podcast like no other, hosted by the one and only Tim Rowe. Ready to have some knowledge dropped on you and to be entertained because nothing's more valuable than food for your brain. So sit back, relax, we're about to dive in as the best industry podcast is about to begin. Evan Brandoff, I was just looking at the uh at the YouTubes and it, it's been almost two years. It's been almost two years since we recorded. Has it really? It's crazy to think, man. I was just looking at some statistic things, some sort of podcast analysis tool, and it said your podcast is in the top. T- 10% of 2,466,719 podcasts. And I thought to myself, well, how the hell is that possible? And what I kind of realized is that most folks just never get this far. They don't get to say, hey, it's two years later. How the heck are you? So uh, since I do, Evan Brandoff, two years later, how the heck are you? <laughs> well, I thought you were the where you're going with that. It was because I came on the show two years ago. That is, that year. That's part of it. And I knew <laughs> that wouldn't be true. So uh, <laughs> I'm glad you didn't go there. But yeah, two years later, your show is winning awards. Uh, I'm I'm honored that you're you're having me back on the show, and and hey. I'm doing well. How are you doing, Tim? I'm doing great. You know what? If the recipe uh, if the recipe isn't broke, don't fix it. Got us to a hundred. Got some hardware on the shelf, so we're not going to change it up too much. I thought, what a great way to 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 really roll into the next hundred episodes and revisit some of those early guests. And hopefully I can do a better job uh, this time around of really driving a, 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 an even more meaningful, even more impactful conversation. So I'm excited to do that with you here today. I'm excited to be here. And it's been awesome. Not only watching the, the podcast evolve, but see what you're doing professionally changing the out of home game in, in so many different ways. So, uh, it's an honor to be back. I'm excited to catch up and yeah, I'm excited to see where this conversation goes, Tim. An honor to have you get to, we get to do exciting things every day. So I thought that a good place for us to start Evan with your story with league side, uh, with so many of our conversations, just offline of the importance of local, why local, um, how traditionally local has been hard for brands to do for big fortune 500, even, you know, for regional brands, they're just shoot, even just for, for local advertisers to be able to connect with local community. We'd love to talk about why local is so important from the grassroots level up. Um, obviously you've got a podcast now that is just cranking out there. I love listening to, so we'd love to talk about that at some point, but 
Why is local so important? How did League Side get started as a, as a mission-driven, purpose-driven company to support la- uh, brands at the local level? Uh, but you do it specifically through Little League Sports. So maybe we could just start the conversation there and kind of let it unravel. Uh, what do you think? That sounds great. Uh, well, well, Tim, my favorite pizzeria, or, or actually restaurant, my favorite restaurant is Mike's Pizza. Love a good why Mike's is, Pizza. Why Mike's Pizza? Because as well, Mike's Pizza is on Long Island. I'm, that's where I'm from. And they always sponsored my baseball team, my soccer team growing up. So organically, you want to go support the sponsor of your team. So after every single game, I would go with my best friends and my family to Mike's Pizza for mm. a couple of pepperoni slices. And a lot of my favorite memories growing up, youth sports memories in, in, in particular, aren't necessarily on the field. I wasn't that good at sports, but it was at Mike's Pizza, hanging out with my friends and family after the game. So further, there's a bunch of studies that have been done that the number one factor uh, for, for consumers when choosing the brands is choosing brands that support them, choosing brands that they trust. I think it's 70% of consumers. The, the number one factor is choosing a brand that they trust uh, and know. And the best way to build trust, the best way to build meaningful connections is by tapping into local communities and making an impact on the families, on, on the individuals that live in those communities. So we started League Side. And, and what League Side does is, is we make it possible for dominoes, regional national brands to have that same local feel as Mike's Pizza by sponsoring youth sports organizations at scale all across the country. So now our partners, including Direct TV and Buffalo Wild Wings uh, and Children's Hospital of Philadelphia are able to have that same local feel in all of the communities that they want to reach at scale in a measurable way, this everything now that they do, they're able to log into their league side dashboard, see the proof of performance of all their sponsorship campaigns, uh, understand the impact that it's making. This we're surveying families before and after every season to measure lifts and awareness, consideration, likelihood to choose. Uh, so your, your initial question, and, and, and I've gotten off on a tangent, is why local? Uh, local is so important to build that trust on on. The, the, the most simple local or one-to-one basis of, of your target consumers. And then the challenge is, how do you scale that? And, and that's what we're, we're solving. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting too, because my, 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 my follow-up question was going to be in a performance marketing-driven world where everything is a dollar in, $3 out, and it's measurement, and it's spreadsheets, and it's all of these things. Initially, I was going to say this is just like a feel-good thing for brands to be able to do. I know that, you know, as as a parent, as a coach of of little league, like that would be pretty cool to have some of those big brands sponsoring the teams. I know the kids would get a kick out of that. But you talked about performance. Like, are we calculating impressions when Tommy hits a double and the, like the first baseman and the second baseman saw him run by? Or it's probably it's, it's probably not that granular. Though someone out there is like those should count as impressions too. Like, what does that mean to measure a little league sponsorship that, that almost seems like a, a little bit outlandish, but I'm sure that it's not. So what does that mean? Well, we know how many families are in, are in each of the different youth sports organizations in our network. 
So we're able to extrapolate how many impressions a banner is getting, how many unique people, what is the unique reach, how many total impressions a banner is getting throughout the season. And a banner might be placed on like an outfield fence or somewhere near the field, just just to get a little context. Where might a banner be? It could be on the outfield fence. Uh, Our, in order for uh, a youth sports organization to accept that sponsorship, they agree to put that banner in a highly trafficked area. So it might be on the backstop it might be okay. near the entrance of the facility. It might be on the back, uh, on the outfield fence if it's a multi-sport facility, and and that fence is, is is seen by other fields as well. Got it. Okay. So, and you're working league side is working with, I'm guessing all of these recreation departments, all the different leagues. You're you're aggregating all of these people into one place and acting as this single point of contact to coordinate with this little league that, Hey, we've got this piece of inventory that we need you to hang up here. Like this. I mean, it sounds like a lot. It sounds like a lot of work. No, it is a lot of work. It, it's taken, you know, seven years to build our network of over 18,000 community sports wow. organizations, uh, all 50 States. I'm guessing all 50 States, some in Canada uh, as well. Wow. Uh, and we're actually also in adult sports and, and sports tournaments as well. What's, what's interesting is, is our model. We started in youth sports, but we realize it's, it's applicable to any community organization uh, where there's an opportunity for a brand to impact that local community, that local organization, mm-hmm. support that organization. And in return, consumers are going to support your brand. Uh, so... The way the model works is essentially if you run a youth sports organization, you could join our network. And what that means is you create sponsorship packages on the league side platform. We, 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 rec- we have a recommendation engine that, that says what packages are most likely to, to be purchased. Uh, but packages are typically a combination of a physical, digital, and activation element. So physical is signage at the fence or logos on jerseys. Digital is dedicated emails coming from the commissioner or the coach to parents over 85% open rate. Who doesn't open an email from, from your coach or, or oh, commissioner? Shit, my inbox is full of them. Jeez. Yeah, of course. Yeah, those are the only emails I open, frankly. Exactly. <laughs> I know what's going on. <laughs> uh, in addition to social posts on the league pages and, and, and web banners, then different activation opportunities. So opportunities to distribute samples, coupons, or activate on-site at a highly trafficked game day uh, or tournament. And then uh, seminars uh, as well. Uh, we, we have a lot of healthcare clients that want to educate the community about how to, to play in a safe way and, and stay healthy. Wow. So, so leagues create those sponsorship packages and then they can't unlock their sponsorship funds. That we, They get notified when they have a sponsor that's interested in sponsoring that organization. Mm-hmm. We provide them with the content and the resources they need to execute that sponsorship and they unlock their sponsorship funds when they prove the execution of the sponsorship, they prove that the banner is hung and they take photos. Those photos flow through to the client dashboard for the client wow. to see. They print the uniforms, take a, a photo of the team wearing the uniforms, CC us on the email, the, copy the social media posts, et cetera. So, so all of that content then flows through to the client dashboard where you could see the, all the hundreds or thousands of leagues that you're sponsoring, proof of performance at each. And most campaigns have surveys as well. So you, you talked about measurability. And for a while, marketing was going in, in a direction where everything was bottom of the funnel. 
what we've seen, and I think that Procter and Gamble a couple of years ago uh, initiated this. They they shifted about one hundred fifty million dollars to in person advertising opportunities where they can connect with people in real life. Right. And a lot of companies have followed, especially because cookie and going away, iOS 14 and 15, making it harder to track that the holistic marketing funnel is so important. And being able to engage with people is something that, that companies are investing in more than ever, because that's what's going to yield your bottom of the funnel marketing tactics to be more successful. Yeah, it's really, it, it's, you know, it's it's almost a a return to a better time when marketing was more simple. Uh, who do you want to talk to? What do you want to say to them? And how do you want to say it? Right? Hey, I want to talk to parents about my great chain of restaurants that are in their area, and I'd like to do it on the back of their kids' t-ball jersey. Right? Like marketing is not hard, but over the last two decades, we've we've convinced ourselves that it's harder. We've made it maybe harder than it should be. I don't know, maybe, maybe out of some insecurity to, to, to make ourselves feel irreplaceable. But it, at the end of the day, it's really just that simple. And what you've developed is, is a way for, like you said in the open there, for brands to be able to do this at scale. And obviously there's an incentive for the leagues to get it, uh, you know, some sort of revenue share in this. What's the impact to the league in this? Because this isn't just this isn't just out of home marketing. This isn't just sponsorship marketing. It's good marketing. It's good marketing because it works, but it does good too. What's the impact to the league for being a part of things like this? Yeah. So our mission is to give everyone the opportunity to apply. Uh, up to half the dollars that we make in every campaign goes directly back to the sports organizations to make youth oh, cool. sports more accessible. It's so, so important. Uh, yeah. In the past 12 months alone, uh, north of $5 million have gone back to youth sports organizations. Wow. Wow. Right. These aren't going to, these aren't monies going to small businesses or, you know, and, and which, which is a good thing. You know, we you know, had a rev share model uh, at one screen when we initially stood up a, a screen network and we were paying out small business owners for having screens hung up. I know there's lots of folks out there. It's not, not anything new, but these are like net dollars to the community. This exactly. isn't going into the bank of a bank account of a business. This is going into a local, like I'm thinking about my son's baseball league here. Um, the number of times I had to go out on the field last year to replace or, you know, fix a broken strap on, on a set of catcher's gear, you know, the helmet doesn't fit quite right. Like these are like basic safety elements, but for a municipality that we only have like 3000 homes, I think in, in our, you know, in our sending district, uh, we don't have a huge tax base to offset these things. You know, they keep registration fees reasonably affordable so that 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 kids can afford to do this. Um, but that that comes at an expense and that there's, you know, compromises made in quality of equipment and quality of playing conditions in the fields. And th so the $5 million sent back to the local community is, I mean, that's incredible. I just... Just clap that up for a second. Um, if folks want to, maybe there's somebody listening right now that that wants to get their league involved. That maybe they're a coach too, or they're involved. They've got, uh, you know, a, a child in, in youth sports. How do they get their league on board with this? You mentioned that there might be a way for them to to sign up or get more information online. Yeah, go, go to leagueside.com 
and and join our network and and hopefully we could find you some sponsors. Well, that's that was easy. L e a g u e s i d e. There it is. We'll make sure to link to it. <laughs> link to it in the comments. Um, that's awesome. It, it makes a ton of sense. And in the in the first episode, uh, Evan, you'd shared some really powerful um, data around the impact of youth sports. We're talking about that five million dollars going to the local level. You'd shared some great facts about you know, kids who participate in youth sports are more likely to, and, and the outcomes just in general for, for kids who are able to participate in youth sports are really significant. Do you, do you have any of those that you can rattle off for, for folks that need additional convincing? Yeah. So, so yeah, that's great that we're helping more kids play sports, but, but why does that matter? And, and sports are so impactful to the development of, of children, not, not only does it keep kids healthy? Because we see that telephones and, and video games and, and virtual reality are, are continuously consuming more and more of, of, of kids' time. There's no more playing in the neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately. Uh, and Car! so. so- those days, exactly. Of a hockey net in the middle of the street trying not to get hit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, kids kids that play sports are are physically healthier, mentally healthier, because kids that play sports statistically do better in school, are more likely to go to college, are more likely to stay out of trouble, are more likely to build meaningful connections. Uh and and there's a crazy stat, I think it's 97% of Fortune 500 CEOs played youth sports. Wow. So you no, know, it just puts into perspective uh the long-term impact of kids playing sports and unfortunately Sports ha- have been on the decline. Uh, the cost to participate continues to to increase. Yeah, uh, it, it's crazy how much it, it it costs, especially if you have multiple kids that that, that want to play sports. And they need equipment and they need to get to the locations. New bats and, and new gloves and new sh- new cleats and it's it's new stuff every year. Yeah. Um, it's it's yeah, it's not it's not inexpensive, but it's obviously it's really important to be able to to make available to the community. Right. Uh, so we're, we're helping, you know, tens of thousands of, of kids stay in the game, uh, which is something we're, we're really proud of that. We built a business model uh, that is doing well by doing good. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's why it's effective. You, you mentioned before that you're the guy that, that goes there and fixes the equipment. You're the, the community hero. Uh, people see you and, and I'm sure they appreciate you. That is what we're enabling brands to do. Be that community hero that is keeping kids in the game. Yeah. And in return, uh, consumers, you're building brand love uh, for for not only the parents, but to ask a six-year-old, what's their favorite bank? They might not know what a bank is, yeah. but they have a favorite. And, and, and that's going to impact their decision-making when Ooh. they choose a bank in the future. <laughs> there it is. Hot take. Come back. Clip that out. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Super agree. Um, really resonates. And, and since we spoke last, you've launched your own podcast, which would love to just, you know, pick your brain about, you know, why, what was, what was the inspiration motivation for doing that? You're, you're not, you're not, not a busy person. It's not because you had so much free time that you're like, Oh, what the heck? Uh, I need to find a hobby here. Let me start a podcast. But um, why don't you tell us more about what you're up to with that and kind of what you've learned along the way, but you know, maybe starting with the, the motivation for, uh, while also scaling 
you know, hyper-local brand opportunities to, to engage local sports organizations. You start a podcast. Uh, what was the inspiration for starting the pod? Yeah. And, and to be honest, you were a big part of that inspiration. Uh, after coming on a couple of years ago, I really enjoyed that conversation and, and continue to follow your, your pod and, and saw that you were bringing so much awareness to out of home in, in general, and you were building a nice little niche and, and a really strong community by doing so and highlighting really cool stories and, and cool people along the way and having fun. I could tell that you enjoy doing this. For sure. Uh, so that was a big piece of, of the inspiration. And, and from our seat, we see so many different brands doing awesome things in the community. Uh, so many unique marketing tactics that are outside of digital that, that aren't talked about. And, and we wanted to create a platform that would highlight those stories, highlight those individuals and, and, build a community of marketers learning how to do other things uh, on a local level at scale. So, Makes sense. So that was one big inspiration for starting the podcast. The other big inspiration for starting the podcast was it's a great business development tool. You're damn um, right it is. Yeah. You're damn right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, it is. And in, in, and in a way, very um, you know, uh, homogenous with the purpose and intent of League Side in a way that's a win-win for everybody, right? It One, really is. It, it's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's crowdsourcing collaboration and meeting new people and just connecting the dots. It's yeah. It's business development on steroids. The relationships that we've built from having people on the podcast has been tremendous. And we have several different uh, examples of prospects that our sales team has been reaching out to for up to five years with no success. Right. Then we ask there's someone senior to come on the podcast. <laughs> People want to come and it's fun to, to come on a podcast and we're able to, to build rapport that way and, and, and figure out if there's an opportunity to work together after having them on the show. So it's, it's been a tremendous business development tool. And I know that they all are because all 100, however many episodes we're at when this episode drops are all my favorite. Um, but like, who are some of the guests that that folks might really get hooked into um, that they, they that you should go check out your podcast uh, right after they get done listening to this one? What are some episodes you'd recommend? Oh, man, we we've hot spot. <laughs> we, uh, just I. I We've had a lot of. We're lucky to have had a uh, lot of incredible guests. Uh, the let's see, the the now CMO of El Pollo Loco came on recently. Uh, Andy's is awesome. Uh, if you're interested in, in understanding, if you remember the JG Wentworth, uh, of jingle from back JG Wentworth, eight seven seven cash now, eight seven seven cash now. It's a, it's iconic. Are you kidding? It's great. Well, Jerry asked you yeah. for for the 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 revised version of that. <laughs> they might but not I, pay for it, but I'd be happy to do it. But I always wondered, how does something like that come to life, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we had the former CMO of JG Wentworth come on the show oh, and, cool. and, and tell us exactly that. So yeah, it's a, it's a wide gamut of of guests. Uh, there's also for, for people that, that are interested in, in coming on the show there, we call it the league side effect. 
we've had two guests that their company has gotten acquired after coming on and three guests Ooh. that have gotten promoted to, to CMO uh, after, or, or, or one chief growth uh, officer of Sanofi after coming on the show. So. You, you, you know, Evan, Evan and I just recorded an episode for his podcast. <laughs> Evan, what's the name of the pod too? Because I think we might have missed that. It's, it's Wingrin called- Podcast. It's called the Wingrin Podcast. Exactly. The Wingrin Podcast. We'll have it linked uh, below specifically to those episodes too. Um, <laughs> you didn't. You didn't tell me that uh, ahead of time doing the episode. I feel like I feel like there's an upgrade in my future now. I'm feeling really good about that. We've got an episode uh, of your podcast coming out pretty shortly, and I'm excited for that because shared a lot of the things that I don't ever get to talk about here. So, um, you know, hopefully there's some good luck in my future. Yeah, man. I mean, the Wingren effect. Don't don't uh don't deny the Wingren effect. You'll you'll see something don't good. Don't about it. <laughs> what for somebody that maybe is listening? They're thinking, you know, I want to start a podcast. I think I shared some of mine, you know, origin story on, on starting the pod on on your show. But like, what di- what didn't you know going into it that somebody should know before they start a podcast and you know, is, is it as hard to do as, as people make it out to be like, what, what are just some of the myths and uh, rumors that have maybe been disproven in your mind since you started it? Oh man, I think there's a bunch of things. One, it requires a lot of work. Uh, That's a myth or that's a reality. I I think that's a reality. Uh, Sourcing guests, Preparing for 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 episodes, uh, editing, distributing, figuring out how to do all of that, yeah. and and then executing on it takes time. So, outsource it would be my if you're Great, able to. Right. Yes, uh, if you can, definitely do. Yeah, outsource it if if you're if, have the luxury of being able to. Uh, but I think most importantly, going in like what I wish I knew going into it is it takes a while to build a following. Uh, and it's just don't go, don't start a podcast because you expect it to be the next big podcast in the next couple of months. Uh, do it because there's a business development reason at first, or because you're just really passionate about a certain topic and want to talk to other passionate people. Uh, and that will yield success in, in the long term. Yeah, you know about more than that. I mean, I feel crazy giving podcast advice on, on your show. You're, you're, no, you're the expert no, it's, here. It's third party credibility. You know, it's one thing if I say it, it's, it's different if someone else says it. And and just to, to echo that point, like it is, it's a lot of hard work. And and if you're not able to, to outsource it, um, you know, picking a single platform to focus on when you're getting started initially i tried to be everywhere facebook instagram twitter linkedin i didn't know anything about anything i needed to just pick one platform and focus on it for me it was linkedin linkedin made the most sense it's where i could connect with other people in the industry it's where i could share the content with the most relevant audience in a contextually um you know uh, not to use the same word a second time because that drives me crazy but relevant you know <laughs> arena um yeah, and, and I've seen some crazy statistics too. Like eighty percent of podcasts don't make it past episode ten. So, like my my number one piece of starter advice is like have ten in the can before you start. Have ten guests that are committed and have said yes, and like have ten before you start. You don't have to have them all, all recorded, but have ten before you start. Um, and that 
you know, most podcasts fail or they never make it to year two. So if you can get past episode 10 and you can make it to year two, you're going to be in a really good place. I was just looking at this before, uh, before we jumped out, we'll throw it up on the screen here. I don't even know what this was. This was how I was looking up to see when the last time was that, that we had talked. And I found this site. It's called listennotes.com. And I went to the podcast. I went to Insider here. And uh, apparently, apparently, Out of Home Insider uh, is ranked in the top 10 most popular shows out of 2,815,880 podcasts globally. And that's not because we do Joe Rogan numbers and we have a million downloads an episode. It's because we made it past episode 10 and we made it past two years. It's for no other reason. you have a good following. Well, no, 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 totally. Like it's the community, like, but like the, the, like getting to the top 10% is, is, is really just, it's, it's that it's, it's a game of, can you stick in it long enough to build community, to have the first 10 episodes. I went back and looked at the first 10 episodes. I think I did seven by myself. I couldn't even get a guest. I got James Heller on episode one. We just recorded episode 100 the other day. Um, <laughs> but after James Heller, I don't think I got another a guest on the podcast to like 10. So like, there's going to be a struggle session. Um, you're going to figure out what your struggle session is, whether it's guests or getting content uploaded and you know, getting folks to, to engage with the content. I think the first month it had three downloads. Um, you know, like, I don't know. It was probably just me screwing things up. Um, <laughs> so you brought up, yeah, you brought up a great point about, about leveraging LinkedIn as, as your platform. It doesn't matter if you have the most interesting podcast in the world. If you don't think through at first your distribution channel, how are you actually going to educate people that your podcast exists, that then, that no one's going to be able to find it. Uh, yeah. so, so that's a really good point. Yeah. So I, I think maybe we've convinced a few people along the way uh, of this episode that they should start a podcast. Ian Dalmore, Digital and Dirt. It's exciting to just see more more folks, you know, getting into kind of the content game around out of home. Was I think on the timeline of history, we're going to look back in 2020, 21, 22, as 2006, 2007, 2008 of the internet. We're about to uh, we're about to be on a rocket ride, I think, for the next 10, 20 years. And it's going to be exciting to look back on now and, and some of the folks that we got to engage with and have cool conversations like this. It's true. And, and this will probably be edited out. But uh, we had to pause this episode uh, a couple of times for, for each of our, our, our kid related things. And that's what we need. Oh, right yeah. We need more content to listen to. We have too much time. <laughs> that, that's just it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While we were recording this. My son uh, popped by because he's looking for a couple of uh, baseball uniform items. He's looking for his belt and his shirt and all this stuff because he's got practice. And, you know, mom was bringing him by to look for the stuff from the weekend. So uh, probably uh, a bit serendipitous that that happened uh, while we were talking about the things that we're talking (laughs) about here today. So, Evan, I can't thank you enough for coming back and doing this again. We won't wait as long for the next time. How about that? That sounds great. It's always so much fun coming on and, and you got to come back on my show soon too. Deal. We'll do a home and away. So we'll uh, do it. Do it. It'll be like a, we'll be like a recurring guest kind of thing. Uh, that, that'll, that'll be fun. Evan, for folks that don't know, I know we gave leagueside.com earlier in the episode. What are your Latin long? How do folks find you? How do they find wind green podcast? Give everybody the down low on where to, where to connect with you and find all that stuff we talked about today. 
You could find the Windgrin podcast on on all your favorite streaming platforms. Uh, but uh, follow League Side uh, on on LinkedIn and and myself on LinkedIn. That, that's uh, my most uh, popular, not popular. That that is the platform I use most. It's where he's yeah, at. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> can't talk right now. So, I have a three month old, so so baby brain is is kicking in. Baby but. brain's a real thing. It's a real thing. <laughs> so we'll, we'll we'll give you a pass on that one. Evan can't thank you enough for being here. Thanks, Tim. This was a lot of fun. Absolutely. If you found this episode to be helpful, please share it with somebody who could benefit. As always, make sure to smash that, smash that, I swear it, words. I'm going to get them someday. Smash that subscribe button down in the corner. And wherever you're listening to this on audio, please throw the podcast to follow. And we'll see y'all next time. Quarter century, I finally came to my senses. I finally got my hand up on the tinted Benz kid. I see the world clear through my tinted lenses. With the dream and the drive, the possibilities endless. Now print that, send this all the way to Tokyo. Take a trip down south, down to Mexico. Next stop, Shanghai, the world-class trade show. First class all the way, because that's how we roll. Yeah, call us the rock star businessman. Rocking shows we handle business, man. We got our own future in the palm of our hands, cause divided.